You've stumbled onto the sleeping giant. Let's broaden our minds. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Sleeping Giant Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Marcotte, and we have a Star Wars Celebration 2017-themed show for you all. On this one-off edition of the podcast, we're going to talk about the celebration event that took place in Orlando, as well as how we ended up there with uh, very little to no, almost no notice. Uh, we're going to share with you all the highs as well as some of the, uh, some of the lows, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it's hard to imagine there could be lows in such a place, but there were. And we're going to do our best to learn from our mistakes, and we're going to share some of those mistakes with you, our listeners, so that hopefully if you find yourself, uh, yourselves in the same sort of situation, you can learn from those mistakes, and, and we can all do a lot better the next time. So uh, make no mistake here, though. The celebration was awesome. Any low points pale in comparison to just... The excitement, um, the the thrumming energy radiating from inside the Orange County Convention Center, it, it was awesome. Um, I, I just can't say enough how awesome it was, and we're going to share that all with you right now. For those of you who aren't already in the know, Star Wars Celebration is essentially a convention in the traditional sense. However, the scope is massive. The Convention Center becomes, in a lot of ways, a place that seems as if it is, in fact, in a galaxy far, far away. It becomes, over the course of four days, a hub for all things Star Wars. And uh, this this is a place where not only do fans convene, but huge news is broken. Cast members and story creators converge with fans and each other. Further still, there are tons of artists and writers that contribute to the Star Wars universe that, uh, that are generally present there. Um, not to mention all the, the retailers of Star Wars collectibles that often bring along with their showcases some of the uh, some of the most exciting convention exclusives and specials. Now, while this is happening, everywhere you turn, you're surrounded by some of the most talented costumers and cosplayers, as well as straight-up set pieces and relics from the Star Wars films. So it was, it, it was wonderful and, and a very surreal in a lot of ways. Star Wars Celebration has, over the past almost two decades, been held around the world occasionally, meandering back to Orlando, Florida, near to where my family and I currently reside. Um, not only was the past celebration in Florida, just up the road a ways, but it was the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, which, I mean, that speaks for itself. Uh, busy man that I am, though, and still without vacation from my day job, I sort of resigned myself to not being, I, well, not sort of, I, I resigned myself to not being able to go, but as the date crept closer and closer, um, in fact, it just sort of sprung itself on me. I realized uh, I'd kind of been toying with the idea, you know, um, well, maybe, maybe I'll go. Could I go? No. No, resignation, remember. Um, but it it came to be the Star Wars Celebration weekend, and um, I just, I couldn't outright play hooky the entire four-day weekend, but I did announce to my wife that I wanted us all to go, um, my wife, my daughter, and and me. Uh, money and time be damned, and that we'd attend Sunday, which was the very last day of, of the celebration. Now, understand that I went into this whole thing blind. I'd never been 
to a single convention except for one NFL experience that my dad took me to when I was uh, eight, maybe. Um, I will point out, though, that at that NFL experience, I was still somehow able to find a free X-Men comic and trading card that they were giving away, um, which, you know, go figure. But my point is, I had no working knowledge or experience of how conventions functioned, and um, all I knew was that, I mean, really, I was a hardworking dude who, at least I believe that I deserve to be at Celebration 2017, and I'd be damned if uh, I didn't let myself spend a bit of dough on some sweet convention-exclusive loot. Now, um, I started thinking to myself, well, maybe I won't blow a wad of cash on Celebration-exclusive Funkos. Maybe, maybe I would pay a similar amount and maybe stand in uh, a no-doubt long line for an opportunity to meet a hero. Um, maybe even meet Mark Hamill. Uh, maybe even shake his hand and thank him for changing my life. Now, as we entered the, uh, the front doors of the Orange County Convention Center, uh, Sunday morning it became evident that maybe I really just didn't know Dick. Okay, before we go any further, let me say that in hindsight, almost every surprise I encountered should have been perfectly predictable and obvious. I realize, too, that it may be hard to believe that I have no experience with this sort of thing. However, I kind of just always assumed I'd never live close enough to or be able to afford a Star Wars celebration, um, and for that, it just never happened. Moving along, though, it occurred to me that if I'd like to carry the sleeping giant forward, I was going to need to get the kind of experience that one would obtain at a Star Wars celebration or similar convention, and uh, I should be looking for opportunities to network and learn from other people um, who may conduct their own show or program. So with that said, here is the rookie mistake number one that, uh, that we made this, this Star Wars celebration. Okay, so mistake number one, um, upon objective examination, this should be obvious. Auditoriums can only hold so many people. Therefore, it's necessary, of course, to make obtaining the bracelet required for your desired panel a total and complete priority. Case in point, the Hamill himself panel was sold out before we even understood this concept, even though we had arrived at the convention center uh, right as the doors were opening. Um, so even though that was disheartening, our experience with the panels weren't completely diminished because um, we did get a chance to spend a while with one of my childhood heroes in the, um, in the These Are the Droids You're Looking For panel, which by the time we figured out the whole bracelet thing, uh, that one still had not sold out. So we said, hey, okay, Warwick Davis, definitely check that out. Um, so the, the panel discussion was, it, it involved, as you probably guessed, some of the... Um, some of the incredible details that went into bringing to life such an integral part of Star Wars, and um, you know that, of course, is the ever-present droid character. Now, I mean, not only was it just really cool to see Warwick Davis on stage in person uh, hosting this panel, but um, you know, as as the show went on and um, as the as the uh, topic progressed, I was uh, and I should have seen this coming, but I was taken aback when none other than 3PO himself, Mr. Anthony Daniels, uh, came out onto the stage to, to discuss, of, um, of course, 3PO with, uh, with Warwick Davis, um, because he's probably the most well-known um, 
droid in uh, in Star Wars. I mean, with his counterpart, uh, counterpart, of course, R two D two. But I mean, it it didn't stop there, you know, because K two S O has made quite a name for himself. And I mean, just and again, maybe we should have seen it coming, but Alan Tudyk um, came out on onto the stage as well to to join the discussion. Um, you know, and that was that was just really cool. I mean, it was unbelievable to me on so many levels, and and uh, I kind of had difficulty grasping that I was in the same room as as these people that have influenced my life for the better in so many ways. And uh, um, I mean, even beyond Star Wars, uh, some of you may recall that Anthony Daniels was actually the voice of Legolas in the uh, Peter S. Beagle penned and Ralph Bakshi directed Lord of the Rings, which which I grew up watching. That was, of course, long before. Peter Jackson uh, got a hold of it, and uh, great things that he did with it. But um, you know that was before Orlando, Orlando Bloom, excuse me, took over the persona. But um, hardly needs to be said that Alan Tudyk's portrayal of Wash on Firefly was one of television's most clever and endearing uh, performances. Uh, I thought, but um, you know, last and, and certainly not least, Warwick Davis, who taught me my first lessons in fantasy and magic, and and the movie Willow. Um, one of the panel's many highlights, though, and uh, one that my daughter loved, uh, introduced the one and only BB-8 to the stage, where uh, Anthony Daniels um, interviewed him alongside uh, Warwick Davis, and uh, it was really cool because he was translating, quote-unquote, from, from Droid, and um, it was it was really heartfelt and kind of a touching moment, and, and that alone was well worth, I think, the price of admission, and if I had any doubts about my attendance at Star Wars Celebration at that point, they were... They were good and quelled. After exiting the panel, I was more or less um, kind of in a daze, and but I knew that I still had the goal of obtaining some celebration exclusives for both myself and a fellow collector, and uh, it was that quest that led to my next convention blunder. And that blunder is that of the convention exclusive. Should this have been the most obvious? Mm, we're really not certain, but man... Getting the convention exclusives, um, getting that knowledge dropped on me, stung like a bitch. Uh, prior to our foray into panel attendance, I had made a beeline to the autograph booths in hopes that I might get a chance to meet Mark Hamill and possibly have one of my short print Luke Skywalker cards autographed. Now, I'd been suffering painful deliberations before we before we left for the convention, and really before I had finally decided to go, um, I had deliberated as to which which thing I'd rather spend my money on, um, the convention-exclusive pops or an opportunity to meet the Luke Skywalker, and as far as I'm concerned, the Joker. Um, so it was that, that that actually won out, and I found myself heading in the direction of those autograph booths, only to be turned around promptly by a staff member who did now, admittedly, it, it was kindly, but with an air of "you poor simple man." There, that inflection was definitely present, I think. And he explained that I really should have purchased a spot in line at the presale. Well, I thought I really should have known better, but perhaps fate has chosen a wonderful addition uh, to my Funko collections instead. So, um, you know, there I was, and. And the pops were here, and they were exclusive, and the 40th anniversary only happens once. So, you know, it was all magic, and the stars align, and boom, that's what I was going to do. Um, so, you know, fair deuce. Uh, with that thought, I headed to the Funko booth. At this point, before we go any further, 
a small note on chronology as the uh, aforementioned scenario took place shortly after our arrival to the convention center and just after our entrance into the exhibition hall. So in short, this took place right before the uh, these are the droids you're looking for panels. So back to the Funko booth. When I arrived, I beheld the seven-foot-tall Chewbacca Funko Pop, and behind him was a glass counter, brightly lit. And behind that, upon two shelves, some 30 feet across, uh, were stacks upon stacks upon rows of the Star Wars Celebration exclusive Funko Pops. And those were the 40th anniversary Funko Pops. I was elated, man. I was stoked and jazzed. And finally, I was going to spend an obscene amount of money on what would no doubt become a legendary part of not only my pop collection, but of my Star Wars collection on the whole. So I searched for a queue, found it pretty easily, and proceeded to uh, ready the cash I would rain upon these most gracious retailers of Funko Vinyl. Now, um, I reached for my wallet, and pretty much all fantasy of uh, reinforcing my collection's superiority fell flat, man. I saw a sign that read something to the effect of uh, line is for lottery uh, ticket holders only. Celebration pops go on sale to the public at 2 p.m. Uh, my feeling then was that I had been straight up robbed and that the convention itself was a web of bureaucratic ticket to buy a ticket to have a chance to get this thing nonsense. I was dismayed, angry, and bewildered pretty much all of those things at once. I had greatly underestimated the popularity of the pops in question, and I felt I felt foolish, pretty much. I mean, that's, that's what it came down to. I felt like an idiot. Um, I was more frustrated with myself than anything else, um, but, uh, it, you know, it was at that point that I remembered there was still the droid panel. Um, these are the droids you're looking for, and, and that we could attend that. So that's, that's when we acquired our bracelets and headed to that auditorium. And by now, I think you all know that the day did get a good deal brighter afterward. So the panel was awesome. It did brighten the day. It was a lot of fun. And, and again, I will reiterate that after that, I felt like um, that the panel alone and seeing those guys have all that fun with each other and, and uh, the audience loving it and having fun in turn, that was well worth the price of admission. Um, now, the plan was to attend that panel then head back to the Funko booth at 2 o'clock, which we did. Now, here's the scene, a line even longer than the first one we'd seen. Um, there appeared to be hundreds of pops left, though, so that was a plus. I mean, hundreds, and several of each one. However, the pops disappeared off the shelves as if they were evaporating man into the convention atmosphere. I was stunned all over again. But I'll tell you something. We learned an extremely valuable lesson that day. In fact, I think it's safe to say that we learned a veritable series of lessons. So with that said, I would like to itemize these lessons for you because if you are like me, in other words, inept and ignorant, you will no doubt find this list invaluable someday. Item number one, the early bird does indeed catch the worm. Arrive early, man. If there is a queue you need to be in, get in that bitch early too. It may be true that all things come to those who wait, but if you're trying to get an exclusive or get into a panel, early, early, early is the word. Item number two. Almost everything in the world is ordered and orchestrated on the internet now. That probably seems like a big duh to a lot of you, but 
I'm still a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to certain aspects of um, organizational and communicative processes and, and uh, some of our current technologies. They are a bit lost on me. I'm still not quite plugged in, as the kids say. Um, I think that's what they say anyway. I, actually, I think that means something else. Um, that's something to do with the, uh, the drugs and the smoking, I think. Is it? I don't know. Anyway. You kids with your hair and your clothes. My, all right, look, my point is um, you must check times, check dates, and make certain that you've got all the info, which leads me to item number three. Familiarize yourself with exclusives and their retailers. Familiarize yourself with their websites. By way of instance, I know that Funko was providing Celebration 40th Anniversary exclusives, and I saw where and how to get them. However, I failed to proactively check their website and or join their mailing list. And so I had no idea that there had been a lottery uh, for just a spot in the line to buy them. Similarly, I found myself enamored by the Celebration exclusive pin sets while I was there. I bought several of them. Still, some of the cooler ones, um, like the Luke and Yoda pin set or the um, Lando Calrissian Admiral Akbar pin set, those were all internet-exclusive pre-sale only. Um, it was a harsh lesson, but now I know, and if you didn't know, now you know too. Item number four, plan and prioritize. In all fairness, I did decide to go to Celebration on a whim and pretty late on. Um, so having been there on the last day with everything I really wanted, having been sold out and all the clothes that actually fit, having been gone, it was pretty clear to see that there was a certain way to go about things. So this list was meant to hold a, a kind of synergy, and I think the glue that holds it together is this. Pick a handful of the stuff um, or a handful of the things you'd like to do, maybe a few of the things you'd like to see, and maybe only one or two of the things you'd like to buy well beforehand because there is so much to do and so much to see that it would serve you far better to enjoy a few of those things to the maximum instead of feeling disappointed and overwhelmed because you couldn't do it all and you wound up empty-handed, like they say. Um, now, a lot of you all probably already know this, but uh, like I said, I was a convention noob, so if listening to this list helps any of you guys and gals out out there who, um, who maybe haven't been to a convention before or maybe you, you kind of stumbled, um, stumbled across your first convention like I did, then uh, maybe this will help out, and if so... Um, that, that'd be pretty rad. So just keep all that in mind, y'all. I'd like to summarize by saying that my first Star Wars celebration saw many mixed but profound emotions. I wish there was some way to compress and pressure cook those feelings in uh, the furnace of that experience as it would no doubt in my mind be a beautiful and multifaceted jewel one that, um, one that I'd really just love to set upon the shelf and treasure with the rest of my collection. As I was trying to sort some of those feelings out uh, amidst the throng of artifacts and convention attendees, there, there was a point that I became aware of uh, growing applause and, and scattered cheers, both of which seemed to rise and sort of crescendo and into the unmistakable roar of what could only be the most extreme fan appreciation. And, and uh, I was walking with my wife and daughter, and 
and we looked up to see through just a forest of outstretched hands clutching cell phone and lightsaber alike. Uh, through that, we saw walking out onto the Star Wars podcast stage, Mark Hamill himself. Here, it must be said that I remembered little of what Mr. Hamill said. Um, he, see, he himself seemed to be struggling a, a bit to be heard, and, and I can only imagine that by this point um, of the weekend that his voice was probably under a tremendous strain, and, and it even seemed like the mic levels were a little bit off, or, or maybe that was all in my head, I'm not sure. But I, I tell you in that moment, I developed a sort of uh, fanboy palsy, if you will. Um, my, my breath caught and, and my hand began to tremor and, and my perception seemed to take on a, an almost vertigo-tinged quality. And It was in that moment that perhaps it, it was, I'd say it's best that I'd not been able to meet the man because I may have simply passed out on the spot. Um, I, I don't know. And um, even though I can't recall much about those moments now apart from um, Mark Hamill firing these crimson bagged prize packages into the crowd out of some kind of pressurized cannon, um, I realized something else um, that may have been of, of the greatest importance there. I saw that whatever my intentions may have been, I was experiencing what what was at the the heart center of Star Wars Celebration, I think. I, I thought that, like me, everybody there um, and everybody around me had their lives remarkably and in some instances profoundly changed by one simple story told with the help of a handful of charismatic actors and actresses, uh, a hive of dedicated and imaginative technicians and crew members, and, and of course the immortal film score of uh, John Williams. Star Wars is the thing that even when working on a blistering hot day down here in the Florida sun, I'll think of it, and all my hair will stand on end, and I'll shiver. In those moments, I may imagine myself as Luke Skywalker even, or, or maybe somebody very much like him, staring away into a perpetual binary sunset, avowing that I'll always long for the mystery and look beyond, and just hope to become something greater than I am, and and that's just one instance from my feelings towards Star Wars. And and um, right there before me on that stage was one of the primary agents of, of the catalyst that that changed changed me. Um, you know, there was the chief purveyor of cathartic moment after cathartic moment that shaped my worldview. And, and there he was, and there I was, and there we all were, and, and I was utterly grateful. I'd actually like to end the show on that note because I don't think it can be improved upon. However, if, if I had to elucidate further, I would say that um, it was Warwick Davis that spoke the most, uh, most eloquently, I believe, and, and truly during the closing ceremony of Celebration 2017. And, and uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he said that it really was about us and, and that we are the beating heart that drives Star Wars and and that we are quite literally the force, and I could not agree with that more. Being there at Celebration and sort of being overwhelmed by the flashiness of it, um, being overwhelmed by just the sheer volume of Star Wars there, you know, um, 
and that includes the swag you know that includes the price tags and and all the stuff you can kind of get caught up in but you know beyond that getting down to what it really is just a place for people that love Star Wars to meet up and and really kind of get a chance to be a part of it that that really is amazing and and I am so grateful that I had the opportunity to be there Thanks again to everyone who joined us for the Star Wars Celebration edition of the Sleeping Giant podcast. Um, I'd like to state again that the Celebration experience was phenomenal. Uh, We did have those little bumps in the road, but man, it did nothing to hamper the overall experience. It was just great. Uh, Very glad to have been there, and especially glad to have been there with my family. Um, That's something that I'll always be grateful for and something that I'll always remember. Um, Just in case you guys are wondering, we do have audio and video from Star Wars Celebration. We, uh, we do have video from the droids panel um, with the uh, aforementioned droids. So that's going to be really cool. Keep checking back with us, guys. We're going to get that up as soon as we can. Again, all of that can be found on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts, which can be located by searching our user handle, SG Cards and Toys. Um, so be sure and join us next time because we're going to be shifting our focus from Star Wars to Marvel's X-Men Universe. So I'm really looking forward to that. Picked up the first X titles that I've picked up in forever. Um, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And, you know, since we're talking about Marvel, we may actually shift our gaze back just a little bit and talk about the current Star Wars titles, too. Uh, you know, maybe we should just reformat the show. I, I don't know. Um, make it a Star Wars podcast. At this point, would it really make a difference? No, no, of course. Uh, it, we have plenty to talk about, guys. There, We're never going to run out of subject matter here. Um, so, you know, it's going to be great. Thanks again, guys, for joining us. Uh, I'm your host, Grayson Marcotte, and we'll see you guys and gals the next time. 